0: I wanted to revisit one of our stories uh, from yesterday, and I want to put some context to it. Now, FortisBC's gas system, natural gas system, delivered double the energy BC Hydro did on Friday, January 12th. Remember that cold Friday, just last Friday, when the province was at its coldest, BC Hydro delivered 11,300 megawatts of energy compared to Fortis BC's gas system delivering 21,000 megawatts at the highest point of demand for BC customers. That speaks to the importance of natural gas in British Columbia. Now, on December 22nd, uh, just a few weeks ago, the BC Utilities Commission turned down Fortis BC's proposal to expand their natural gas pipeline capacity in the Okanagan region. Now, if you've been to the Okanagan, you know how fast-growing that region is. The Kelowna's, the Peticton's, the Vernon's, lots of folks moving to the Okanagan. Now, Fortis, using $327 million in private dollars, wanted to build a 30-kilometer extension to their pipeline network in the area to deal with the increased demand in the Okanagan. Now, Fortis' own forecast showed that without any expansion... Uh, to the existing network, uh, things would be, the energy would be exhausted in just two winters from now. Just think about that for a second, that uh, the demand for natural gas continues to grow and the existing network would be exhausted within two winters. Now, the proposal, of course, makes sense, but the two-person BC Utilities Commission panel denied the request because it didn't fit in with our province's Clean BC plan. Yesterday, we were joined by Fortis Vice President, Doug Slater, to discuss uh, the issue. Take a listen to his comments. You know, we were really encouraged to see that the BCUC did agree with us that there is an immediate capacity shortfall in the Okanagan that does require a solution. So, it, partners, Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but if, if they're acknowledging what you have said, that you, they need more capacity in that area and they're not giving you the go-ahead because partially of uh, the government's Clean BC plan, will you have to restrict services to Okanagan customers when it comes to natural gas based on this ruling? Well, as part of the decision that the BCUC made, we will be developing and have been ordered to file a revised plan to meet capacity, uh, including over the next few years and thereafter. That's going to be filed mid-year. The, the simplest way to describe it, Jazz, is that the BCUC uh, agreed with us on the, that, that there is a short-term capacity shortfall, but they didn't agree on what the solution is. And so they've asked us to come back uh, and search uh, uh, propose other solutions to meet the need. So uh, we agree that uh, you need more natural gas, but uh, go find another solution that doesn't involve natural gas. That's what they're saying, essentially. Joining me now to discuss this ruling is Kevin Falcon, leader of the BC United Party. Kevin, thank you for joining us today. Thanks very much for having me, Jeff. Uh, The story over the weekend uh, that uh, Vancouver Sun columnist um, Vaughn Palmer touched upon, where Fortis basically uh, applied for a 30-kilometer extension of a natural gas pipeline, turned down... Uh, because of our uh, province's climate action plan. Your thoughts on that?
1: Well, we've been warning about exactly this kind of situation. So just to remind your listeners, uh, their so-called Clean BC plan, which we call the Cost BC plan, says that BC must reach 40% emissions reductions in the next six years. The only way that's going to happen, their own plan confirms this through their own economic modelling, is that they have to shrink the GDP, the economy of this province, by 10% uh, over the next six years. And that means that projects that normally would just go forward without any thought, like this uh, natural gas extension project, are now being turned down because they are inconsistent with what the NDP are driving us to. And here's the problem. Um, You know, it makes a marginal difference in terms of global emission reductions. It's very short-sighted, and worse than that, it puts uh, one of the fastest growing parts of the province, which is the Okanagan, at risk of future rolling blackouts and blackouts because they will not have that secure, steady power support, uh, support that they need, uh, which natural gas can also provide.
0: Do you see other decisions like this coming down uh, as well uh, in regards to uh, wanting to move forward with their clean BC plan and potentially other other uh, projects now being uh, now potentially jeopardized because a a a lack of uh, energy or in this case, just, uh, you know, uh, providing extra capacity for traditional energy, conventional energy?
1: Oh, very much so, because, you know, it, it, it's just math. I mean, there, there are clean power projects, even up in Prince George, which I'm about to fly to, uh, to attend the resource summit that requires significant power uh, to to realize their potential, 1,000 megawatts, and one project I'm thinking of in Prince George specifically that will never go ahead because we haven't got the power to be able to supply them. And so this is why I think it's important the public understand that when the NDP opposed the Site C dam. And when they opposed our efforts back in the 2000s under the B.C. Liberals to expand independent power projects, which gave us solar projects, wind power projects, run-of-the-river projects, which provided additional power capacity, they cancelled most of those projects, over 90% of them in partnerships with First Nations. That was very short-sighted. Obviously, and they know that now even. So the NPR are now supporting Sightsee, obviously, and they're also supporting the expansion of independent power projects. But we lost seven years. Uh, where we could have encouraged more of that power and we wouldn't be facing the kind of shortfalls we're facing now. So I think the public really needs to hear this. We have to have all sources to make sure we balance ourselves out and have reliable power that's backed up by natural gas, where that makes sense too, so that we ensure that British Columbians aren't going to face a situation where they could find uh, power, you know, blackouts or, or rolling power shortages, which is what the um, Utilities Commission acknowledges we're going to face within two years in the Okanagan. Uh,
0: What would a clean uh, BC plan under a Kevin Falcon government look like? And the reason I'm asking is, A, uh, you say it's going to impact our GDP in this case. Um, You've talked in the past that other provinces walk away from a carbon tax. You would also walk away from a carbon tax here in British Columbia. What would your policy look like in regards to greening our energy source
1: Sure. two things first of all on the carbon tax there's no way uh, that we support what the ndp have done to the carbon tax it used to be revenue neutral meaning every penny by law had to go back into the pockets of british columbians in the form of lower personal and business taxes now that they've taken away that in their very first budget back in 2017 they take all the money into government they more than doubled it and now they want to triple it in the next six years there's no chance i'm signing on onto that so what we said is look british columbia could shut off every light, park every car and truck, and shut down our economy, and it would represent less than two days of emissions out of China. So it's better that we take something we have in abundance, which is natural gas, ship it to Asia in the form of LNG, and allow them to reduce their emissions by 50%, because they are being powered largely by coal-fired power, which is the dirtiest kind of emissions you can get, so we could help Asia make dramatic global emission reductions, which would help the globe, while at the same time Uh, supporting jobs here in British Columbia. So we think a common-sense approach like that, uh, that will also go big on clean, green technology, because we've got all kinds of uh, solar, wind power providers, um, run-of-the-river advocates that want to get back to doing projects in British Columbia here. And we would roll out the red carpet. We would make sure they've got uh, the kind of regulatory regime that's going to see those projects up and running fast and uh, bring in private capital to help us get the energy needs we need in British Columbia.
0: Do you think we have an obligation, though, to green our economy, to green our energy source to the point we're at zero emissions? I know BC Hydro is clean and green energy, uh, but in regards to uh, eliminating the use of natural gas. It does burn 45% cleaner than coal, but it's still a fossil fuel, especially when it comes to methane. It does do damage. Uh, You see it uh, with city councillors in Nanaimo voting to to get rid of natural gas. The conversation is front and centre in Metro Vancouver as well. Do you... Uh, support the idea of moving away from natural gas uh, like civic officials already doing so in some communities and in this case with the bc utilities commission our province's plan is to move away do you still think we need to be setting up a plan to walk away from natural gas
1: no i don't think we should be walking away from natural gas we are in a position that is unique around the world there are jurisdictions that look at us with incredible envy that we've got the ability to have natural gas which can be an important part of our electrification uh, efforts we're fortunate that uh, governments like uh, gordon campbell wac bennett bill bennett had the vision to build the big dams that provide 98 percent of our electrical power and and of course that's clean green it's wonderful uh, but we have to make sure too as our province grows that we've got backup power to ensure that we're not going to have a situation like the bc utilities commission acknowledges in the okanagan that by their decision which they are almost required to make because the NDP uh, cost BC plan says that they've got to um, shut down these fossil fuel options means that they could face, uh, you know, uh, rolling blackouts and power shortages in in two short years. And that's not acceptable for the province. We have to make sure we've got all the abilities, including natural gas to ensure that the public is protected, that we're going to have the power we need, that people's homes will remain heated as we transition to that greener future that we all want. I'm a big part of that, too. I want to have a green future for my kids and my grandkids one day. uh, But I can tell you we're not going to get there overnight. We have to be smart about how we do it.
0: Final question. Uh, There's going to be a call for power from BC Hydro. Uh, Richard McCandless was on our show yesterday, public servant who obviously follows BC Hydro and ICBC very closely, uh, which you know of, of course. But one of the things he said he was concerned about was the very fact that the transition to, especially wind, do you think this is where hydro is going, the use of wind power, but he's worried that we will not have enough capacity to, to, to for all of this uh, new energy that we need, that we still need to tr- look at traditional uh, sources. Do you think uh, hydro should be heading in that direction? I mean, looking at newer technology, looking at wind and solar and other um, types of energy, but that we still need to be uh, not walk away quickly enough from fossil fuels?
1: Oh, well, you know, I, first of all, I have an enormous respect for Richard. I think he's probably the, one of the great experts in the province, and I agree with him wholeheartedly. Um, we cannot, you know, look, we all want to get to the right place. But if we move too quickly and irresponsibly, we're going to find ourselves in a position where British Columbians are going to be facing rolling blackouts. I will not allow that to happen. And look, you know, I, that's why I fought so hard for Site C, Uh, even in the teeth of opposition from the NDP. And that's why we fought so hard for independent power projects. Over 90% of them partnered with First Nations to actually create solar and wind power and run-of-the-river power uh, that the NDP canceled or wouldn't renew. That's short-sighted. We've got to not only do all that, but make sure that natural gas also figures as part of that base backup load that we're going to need should we run into future uh, cold snaps like we are inevitably going to do as the climate continues to change
0: kevin thank you for your time today really appreciate it
1: no problem thanks for having me Joe.